That's the only way to start it. It's the only way. This is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are two above-average wives discussing the impossible. Becky Human and your host, Kimberly Cole. Hi guys, uh, this is the Impossible Things Podcast. I am Kimberly Cole, wife of Kyle Cole. And I'm Becky Human. And Jesse Human is lucky to be married to me. Hashtag truth. Um, we are taking over for the guys. It is the fifth Monday of the month. And so um, Becky and I get to come in and join the gentlemen and have our own little podcast talking about um, what we think is impossible or possible. Um, Mix to, it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? something new. I'm sure you guys are absolutely tired of hearing from them. Probably not. I don't know. Well, well they, they do listen. They like They them. keep listening. They, so. they do. Yeah. We yeah. just thought we'd give you something new. This was the boys' idea. This was absolutely, well, I think it was actually your actually, idea. Actually, it was my idea. I'll take credit for it. Because, like, what should we do on Fifth Mondays? I said, you should totally have your wives talk, you know, about impossible wife things. <laughs> um, so, here we are. Today is leap year. Yeah, the leap, leap year day. day. February 29th, 2016. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Becky? So, I've got this article, this Reader Digest article. And uh, one of the points under here, what's crazier than February 29th? And that's a woman proposing to a man on leap day. So that's actually kind of been a, a standing tradition I knew nothing about. It's a re- re- reversal of roles on leap day. And it actually comes from um, after Pope Gregory XIII instituted the Gregorian calendar in, in 1582. The idea of adding an extra day, February 29th, every four years was so ridiculous that uh, a British play joked that it was a day when women should trade their dresses for britches and act like men. Stop it. The whole world is burning down. <laughs> Could you imagine what they thought now that we wear leggings as pants? I know. It just, I mean, can you, yeah. Trade in your skirts and wear leggings. What? So it's kind of, it's kind of a funny thing that here we are. Here we are. Ken. Right. Just role reversal. Role reversal. The, the women are doing the podcast today. And Perish if it wasn't thought. for leap year day, we wouldn't even this. There wouldn't be five Mondays, and we wouldn't even be doing this. We right wouldn't now. even be here. So that's I like mean, fate or something. Oh, oh, oh fate. Oh. You guys listen to the fate one, right? Yeah, you listen. I, I didn't. I listened to half of it. I, I listened to. Mind you, let's let's have a bone to pick about that one. So <laughs> my wonderful husband, Kyle D. Cole, um, says I have really bad accents. Um, I strongly disagree, though he's probably correct. Um, but he said that I don't know how to do a Scottish accent and that I quoted something from Brave regularly um, and I didn't do it properly. So I'm going to do it for you now and you guys can be the judge of that. So so what is the line? So the line is, if you had a chance to change your fate, would you? I, because I am a very loving wife, am super obnoxious and I like to say this loudly and in Kyle's face. So if you can imagine, um, very big bug eyes uh, yelling this in his direction, probably very close to him. And here we go. Like, like right in his face. Oh, it's completely right in his face. And if I can get my nieces and nephews, like my nieces to do it with me, I don't have any nephews. If I have my nieces, oh, I do have a nephew. That's not the point. I tried to get my <laughs> nieces to do it in his face with me. So um, you can see why he doesn't care for it. But here it goes. If you had a chance to change your fate, would you? 
thank you thank you um i, I actually put that, my arms that up that wasn't like, that obnoxious no um yeah, but you weren't apparently. right in my face no and, and, and a, you didn't have bug eyes another time i tried to do an accent i apparently sounded like a pirate and that was offensive to people so i tried to stay away from them and i probably even being around you i've probably gained a midwest accent even though you don't really have a thick one but i tend oh, to oh you know when i go back there and I'm then sure. i come home it's just i know. developed one where people think i am not from california but i am Oh, hey there, don't you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see? (laughs) It's it's just you just pick it up. I mean it's just I'm a chameleon. I'm also a beer chameleon, but Mm. that's a different story. Okay, so so we are talking about love. Love. Why not? Because the guys have been talking about love this month. You know, the Love at First Sight podcast. Mm -hmm. There was there was some love talk and fate. Um and I I think, you know, an easy way to go about it is kind of just split it up into the three Greek loves, the the eros and the romantic love. Um the the phileo love the the friendship love the brotherly love yes if you will um or sisterly love or sisterly love thank you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. love between friends yes love between friends um and agape love there's also a fourth which is storge but it it uh, often refers to like love between a parent and child which i kind of feel like totally becky's opinion can fall under agape (laughs) the unconditional love so we'll just stick to those three yeah that works for me less opportunity for me to embarrass myself I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Oh, yeah. See, is it possible, Becky, for me to get through a whole podcast without embarrassing myself? <laughs> I think so, because Jesse can edit edit you out. Oh, thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. All right. So we can just get right into it. So what is love? Becky, I want to hear your uh, your dating story. Oh, our dating story. So so yeah, we'll start out with the with romantic love. Um I don't know if it's if it's all that romantic, but um, it's it's my story. Yes. So I think it's like the best story ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Jesse and I met. I was eighteen. 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 Yeah. Just just uh, after high school, started started college in the fall, and we mm-hmm. were both going to school in Grand Rapids. <laughs> so there was a, a situation that was going down. Um, a lot of rules, you know, right. about how to conduct yourself, and uh, something had happened, and there were rumors going around, because if there's 150 students, you can only imagine how fast things right. must spread like wildfire, mm-hmm. and as it was, uh, the dean of students came and had a little meeting with us in the cafeteria, putting out the fire <laughs> meeting. <laughs> that was what it was called? It was called put out the fire meeting. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So uh, we're all sitting at the tables in the cafeteria, and I mean, I'm... Even even at such a small school, I still had no idea what was going on because right. that's how much I'm just not, I, yeah, doesn't register. <laughs> so, you know, Jesse sits next to me and, and everybody's talking in the cafeteria and he leans over and says something to me. And my first response was, what? <laughs> and he repeats himself. I didn't hear you. What? <laughs> Which has been the theme of the rest of our relationship. Of if you guys know us. I mean, I can never hear a darn word of what he's saying. <laughs> and he married me anyway. So oh, I love it. But what he had said was, hey, cute shoes. Stop it. Yeah. Jesse Human, cute yeah. shoes. What what a line. Put that one down. Pick up line. So uh yeah, I I still to this day have a love for crazy socks. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing black Mary Jane's because you know with the strap you can still see the crazy socks. Awesome. So did you like the little freaky toe ones? Um those I'm not just, a fan. Those feel weird, not okay? Yeah, Ooh. no, no. No, little nope. no, mm-mm. no. But you know, Jesse was attracted to the sock, so um, <laughs> he, it worked. It, it worked. was love at first sock. sock. I mean, <laughs> yes. yeah. So I and you know, at the time, I, I had been dating this guy from high school, and Jesse was dating somebody, and I mean, 
I don't know if we thought anything of it, but shortly thereafter, we both had broken up with our, I mean, not even at the same time and for different reasons. And it wasn't because of each other. Right. Um, but we just started spending more time together. And after a while, we just thought, okay, you know, clearly there's some attraction here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was certainly not in a rush to get back into another relationship. Right. And I don't think he was either. I mean, I just, I just kind of felt like I just want to see what life is like without having mm-hmm. that kind of relationship totally. right now. So we put up some boundaries for ourselves. We had a conversation about it and we decided that we weren't going to physically touch each other. Um, we just felt like um, it's easy to hold hands or to be playful yeah. or to, you know, all those kinds of things. And we just, we just didn't want the relationship to go somewhere. It may, may or may not have been intended to go. So mm-hmm. um, we just stayed friends and we never held hands, never anything. Um, sometimes it's on the couch, put a pillow between us. Stop. I have pictures of us, the chip hole between us. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what happens if your hands brushed in the chip bowl? Um, you know, we were just really, I don't think it ever, I mean, we just were really that consciously careful yeah. about it because it just, it, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, the first time he actually intentionally touched me was when he put the ring on my finger after he proposed. Stop so, it. Yeah. Yeah. So what would that, what would you say that that, um, played into like, um, you know, when you think about romance, a lot of the oh, time yeah. or romantic love, you think about physical touch and kissing and. Um, even just holding hands or touching the other person's back or just this physical connection. When you think a lot about romantic kind of love, what do you think that that did for your relationship or how do you think that the romantic part of your love grew when you weren't able to touch each other? Well, you know, that's a really interesting question. Um, people have asked me that before too. Like, you know, so was it really hard to make the leap them from like friends to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean more Definitely. than friends because, you know, but then again, you know, we didn't really date. We went from that to like engaged. So, I mean, it just, it wasn't a typical relationship. It wasn't like we were intending to court or, you know, yeah. anything like that. Um, I think we were in a lot of ways, we were just trying to protect ourselves from a potentially bad relationship, you Definitely. know, kind of a thing. But um, I sometimes tell the story too. We were called into the office of the dean of students um, one the same time. The one that had a putting out the, the fire, fire meeting. meeting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm tracking. The put out the fire meeting. Yeah. And so for all of you um, who are listening, I should actually reference this when we post this podcast. We can get a few more listeners from our college <laughs> who can verify these stories, right? Um, but anyway. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so we were called into, into the office because apparently we we're making a lot of people very uncomfortable. By not touching. I, I guess, you know, because they had PDA rules. And so we kind of got this talking to like for PDA, but we never touched. And we were just kind of like, what are we doing? That's making people uncomfortable. Mm. And it's like, oh, people are uncomfortable with the way you're looking at each other. Stop it. And and we're just kind of like, okay. Mm. So, I mean, by then, like, I mean, I don't know if we'd really talked about getting married at that point in time. I mean, we were clearly obviously in love. Mm. I mean, just, you know. Yeah. I would have probably been ready. I was probably ready at least a good six months before he asked me to marry him to wow. like say yes if he did. Yeah. I can just yeah. imagine, you know, when people people aren't in that situation or when you're in a relationship that you don't feel loved or you're in a, you know, you feel lonely or you want that. Or you want that. Yeah. Then people must have seen that in your eyes, you know, like looking like if you if it was the way you were communicating with each other, somebody must have found that uncomfortable purely because it was uh maybe what they wanted and so being faced with this like they don't even touch each other and they've they're happier than most people like how is that even possible and so that would be a really I can I don't agree with it but I can see why people could maybe get uncomfortable by that um mirror you know that level of you know and and and, in a lot of ways it's just kind of it was life's way of preparing us for what was to come because we ended up 
getting married. So Jesse asked me to marry him. So the, a year later, January. So it would have been about a year and a half after we first met. Okay. Um, never really dated. And I said yes. And six months later, we were married. I wow. I was 19 when he asked me to marry him. And I was 20, barely 20 mm. when we got married. And I just, I just think that the depth of relationship of our friendship and just the foundation that we had really prepared us for a lot of yeah. the really, really hard stuff that came after. I mean, we've been married. It'll be 13 years this summer. Wow. Um, but... Um, I mean, just all, I mean, I moved across the country after we got married mm-hmm. and we didn't really know each other's families very well, just because right. of the nature of our relationship and because we lived so far from each other. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, he's from California. Yeah. Um, uh, it just, we had family members pass away and Jesse's major illness and surgery mm-hmm. and just getting me through school and just, I mean, trying to find work out here and just all the things that we went through just hard, hard stuff. I mean, I just feel like there's no way we could have ever known, but just the way that it played out, it really prepared our relationship to be able to withstand this long. Completely. So, I mean, I hate to, I, sometimes I feel like I just sound so like logical and rational about, you know, I mean, I mean, we really do love each other and there's, and there's moments of romance, but at the same time, I feel like, I mean, if you're really going to going to show up every day and you're really Mm going to make it. I think sometimes love isn't this, uh, you know, all romance and bubbles and fairies and castles and knights. Right. Well, Well, let's hear your story. Yeah. Um, well, so Kyle and I actually, um, we met in Vegas, Vegas. You can let your mind wild and go Go. wild on that (laughs) one, but we actually, um, it's not what you're thinking. We worked across the hallway from each other. So, um, one of the first things he said to me is, are you that hot blonde in scheduling? Kyle said this. Kyle said this. Okay, Kyle. Wow. Yeah. So my very awkward husband is married to a very awkward woman. So it's why we get along so well because we are just a whole family of awkward people. Um, <laughs> I just can't imagine yeah. Kyle saying that as a pickup line. And I don't think he even knew what he was doing. Um, I mean, obviously it worked. Let's just start <laughs> there. But um, we were friends for um, a while. We spent a lot of time together. And as things were just playing out, you kind of just look at each other and you're like, whoa, like. I think it started with Kyle saying, um, well, we, he'd been helping me through a lot of stuff that was going on with me personally and, um, was my friend, was my confidant. He was a great, uh, resource of a person that was not connected to any of the other stuff that was going on in my life. So he gave me very straightforward advice. Objective. Yeah. Very objective. Yes. (laughs) Um, and then it hit a point where he said, I can no longer give you this advice because my feelings have changed for you and I can no longer be, um, in part like unbiased. And so I'm just not going to give you advice or help you anymore. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And then that spark of like, what do you mean your feelings have changed? We're friends. That's what we are. End of story. Um, And then once that seed is planted, retrospect, I'm pretty sure that I was in love with him from the moment I met him. If I really could go back and think that, I don't think at the time I had the capacity to even look at somebody like that. I believe they called that confirmation bias and I love it for Boom. Boom. Full circle. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, but, you know, like in that moment, that is absolutely not what I felt. And that was not what I was thinking because I wasn't even in a, any type of space to be even thinking about him romantically. Um, but then once that opportunity was presented, this is how I feel, makes you re-exam- re-examine like, oh, well, how do I feel? Well, maybe I feel the same way. Like, wow. Um, so, you know, kind of trickled on like that. We've been together for eight years. We've been married for five years. Um, and I think that our relationship got very serious very quickly. There was just a lot of stuff that was happening at that moment. Things were moving and it was kind of like, 
we're either in this or we're not. And it forced us to really evaluate what we wanted from each other very early on. And I think that being in past relationships to good and bad ones, you learn what you like and what you don't like. And it was very clear for both of us. We'd been in relationships before where is this what I want? Is this what I not want? And I think, you know, you can look back on other relationships and regret a lot of things. But what I think that both of us have learned from previous relationships is that I know I am now a better wife because of that. And I've learned so much from those things. And my love for Kyle is growing deeper and deeper always through those hardships that we've, um, that we've gone through together. And, you know, the people say, uh, marriage is, marriage is hard. Marriage is a lot of work. And then there's the flip side where people are like, it shouldn't be hard work. It should be easy. And it's, I feel like being in the answer is yes. Yeah. All of the above. above. Yeah. (laughs) Um, being in a relationship with a person that you're meant to be with, um, as easy as that should feel, I truly think it's even harder because the the value and the need and the desire and the want to make this work is so much more because it's like you the know, stakes are higher. Yeah, yeah. You know, this person is your everything and this person is who you're supposed to spend your life with. And you have so, so much more to lose. You right? Absolutely. When yeah. you're high, you have the highest highs and the lowest lows, you know, like there's nothing in between. Like I love him, you know, X amount. And there is I will do anything to make our marriage succeed, you know, like, so you, you feel like there's, you do put in that work, but it doesn't feel like work. So that's why it feels effortless. But at the same time, it feels really hard if that even makes any sense. Um, and if anybody would have said to me 10 years ago, how do you know? Oh, if I would have asked somebody, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? He's the one in that dreamy eyed, like, Kim is like rolling her eyes right now. (laughs) I had a really hard time with romantic movies and love things for a while, but um, how do you know that it's the one? And, and when someone says, well, you just know, and you're like, ugh, you're so cliche. But now, ugh, oh, you how do you know? know? I just knew. Like, you feel different. You look different. You People see it in you. Like, oh my gosh, I can see how happy you are now. And you're like, really? Because I'm pretty sure I gained some weight. And they're like, I know. That's like the love weight. You're in love. And I'm like, I don't, well, I don't want to be in love. Take <laughs> this away. Um... But it's just, it's just interesting that idea that you just, you just know when you're with that person and it's this love. I looked it up and it says it's a deep affection for someone else. And it is, and it's not even just, um, the romantic part of it. It's this, I have this deep affection for this other person that I've chosen to spend my life with. I've chosen to have children with, I've chosen to, um, or child. There is not multiple children. Let's be clear right now. I am not pregnant. (laughs) Just want to throw that out just, there. Just like, yeah. Just Case any family clear, listening, clear this up. is not yeah. an announcement. No. Absolutely not an announcement. Anyway. But that idea of choice, too. Totally. I, I think, um, yeah, there's there's feelings. There's got to be some of that. Or it just ain't never going uh, to work. You, no. you need, you know. And there but, has to be an attraction. Oh, absolutely. Like, there has to be. All of that has to play together. Play together. But at the same time, it, it, it's part choice. It's, I think, I've said this already, showing up every day. I mean, yeah. living the life, doing the work. I mean, yeah, love right. is work. Love is work. When we were talking about, um, Becky and I were talking before we, we hit record, we were talking about the idea of the happily ever after. Happily ever after. Yeah. I mean, would you, would you, would you say you're living in a happily ever after story? I mean, I think so many women today aspire to have this happily ever after fairy tale story. Um, looked it up a little bit. I think, um, there's a reference to a Cinderella complex. Uh I don't know if you want to share. Yeah. So (laughs) if, um, you look up Cinderella complex, it's an idea based on a femininity, portrayed in a story where a woman is beautiful, graceful, polite, supportive, hardworking, independent, and malingled. Oh, maligned. Maligned. Yeah, yeah. 
by females in her society, but she is not capable of changing her situation with her own actions and must be helped by an outside force, usually a male, i.e. the prince. So needs this just need to be rescued. This someday my this, prince will come. Right. This damsel in distress will, and will ride on a white horse and he will come and whisk <laughs> me away and we will get married. Yeah. In the Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland. That that was my dream. Um <laughs> I had it all planned out. My first boyfriend and I um, I actually don't even think I, I think I made the wedding for him and I, but then I never really wrote his name down because it was insert whatever man ended up marrying. Because it wasn't even about the relationship it at wasn't. that point in time. No, you know? I wanted the pretty dress and I wanted the horse-drawn carriage and I wanted my pumpkin coach. Um, and my bridesmaids wore Cinderella's, um, original dress Pink before dress, it got yeah. torn off of her. I'm sure my friend, uh, probably made them wear some terrible stuff though. So I can't really even say that they are grateful that I didn't do that. I've made them wear some terrible things. Um, <laughs> but it was this idea that like I was going to have a fairy tale. I was going to have a happily ever after. And I do think that that is my story. I do think that the relationship that I have with my husband is beautiful and it's perfect in its imperfections and I and I'm a I'm a watch me struggle kind of girl I share all of my I have my heart on my sleeve if my struggle can help you a little bit then sure I'll tell you everything so that but that's not a fairy tale for lots of people that's not um I wouldn't say that our story is anything that you would look at and be like oh I so want that for my child but I also think that the love that Kyle and I share is absolutely something that I would want for my child maybe not our story but that's what's unique for each of us is that we are our own I think I I think I read somewhere on a sign one time that every love story is beautiful but ours is my favorite totally yeah I I wouldn't change anything about it no no and I and I think I think in today's kind of society what we've got going on too with young girls is is this like princess syndrome where we just dote on them and you look pretty and everything's magical. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that, um, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but just these messages that we're sending to girls is it's all about how you look and it's Mm -hmm. all about, you know, if you've got the latest, this, that, or the other thing. And it's, and it's not about, um, being independent and being your own person and being very capable of taking care of yourself and, and, um, you know, body, mind, and spirit and that kind of thing and, and, and making your own way in the world. But at the same time, I think that when, when you are choosing, getting back to that choice thing, choosing to be in a relationship or choosing to be married, that's, there's a mutual dependency. Absolutely. Um, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't have the life that I have without Jesse, but he mm-hmm. couldn't have the life that he has without me either. Absolutely. And we choose to work together mm-hmm. in that way. Um, so I just, I think when I, you know, hear about this happily ever after idea, it's like, well, yeah, I mean we're married and it's great, but it's a lot of hard work and you and can, no, we don't live in castles. No, we don't live in castles. <laughs> it's it's Orange County, but we don't live in castles. <laughs> because um, it's Orange County, we can't afford castles. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I mean, you know, some people in back in the Midwest where I'm from, I don't know. I just get ideas about Orange County, but um <sighs> but just, I just feel like the stakes are so much higher now that we have girls um yeah. as we're raising them to to be very conscious of that it's that yeah you're beautiful but not because of what you put on or not mm. because of acting a certain way or being a certain way but because but because of who you are and and because you Absolutely. because you can be smart and you can have your own interests and be your own person um and just kind of going against that princess mentality that mm-hmm. I think people think is so harmless but really can be so damaging completely yeah I don't but know I, I feel like feel like we're like bonding over this Kim. I know right I think that um it's so fun when you meet another woman or a friend. Generally, most of my friends are women. Sorry to the guys. We are all friends, but I bond with women a little bit more. Um, and I, I just love that we get to sit here and talk about these things. And like, 
we have so many common interests, the two of us that we get to share. And so it's really interesting if we're talking about, um, more of like a friendship type of love. Oh, Oh, that's a nice segue, Kim. Thank hey. you. I've been practicing. <laughs> I've been practicing. Um, but that, that we have this friendship that you meet another person and you try to find these common interests that you have. Like, um, are you a mom? Are you a wife? For me, I have my own, um, online business and we call ourselves makers. So I have these maker friends that, um, we share in, um, we, we're crunchy moms. Becky's a little bit more crunchy than I am. What? I know. Shocking. Crunchy? We bond over church. We bond over our husbands who work a lot or yes, record podcasts on the times that they're not working. Just throwing that one out there. Or doing research for the podcast that <laughs> they're going to recording podcast. when they're not at work. <laughs> I'm just going to say that I researched, but I did not research as long as they researched. No, and I'm no. giving like some air quotes in here. So we were planning to probably record this podcast for like five hours. Because that means that the guys would be watching the kids for Wait, five what? hours. No, 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 no. We did, we did a lot of research because we have a lot to talk about. Wink, oh, yes. wink. Because yes. they're with the kids right now. So mm-hmm. we have we have a lot to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what's really fun about friends um, is you you meet and you find something that you bond over. And then you're like instantly like, oh my gosh, does she like me? Oh my gosh. And you immediately go back to that like what you feel like you're dating or you're courting Courting somebody somebody? oh yeah i met her at the park and she was really cool and her kids are my age ask for her number right (laughs) oh maybe maybe if she's there tomorrow maybe i'll ask and then you're like oh my gosh i feel like the silliest person but then you meet somebody that you just really click with and you and can have this really easygoing conversation that you're like oh i need more of that in my life and your kids click yes definitely yeah um and so having a um affectionate regard is another word that they use for this a friendship a kinship or a bond um that you have with like for for us another woman um is it's just it's such a fun um different aspect of your life it's way different than that romantic love because i can truly say that kyle is my best friend but i also have other really close friends that i go to that just feed into me a little bit different than Kyle can offer. Yeah. And you have like your long-term friends that have been your friends for a long time that can speak to you before you were a mom, before you were a wife, before you, when you were that awkward, well, I'm still awkward, but even more awkward kid in high school, school, you know? Oh my gosh. And people still want to be your friends after high school. See, that's what I always think, you know? Right. I think (laughs) some people in my life who like, I have a friend, I'm going to give you a shout out. I've known since kindergarten. Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those amazing things where it's like, even if you're not constantly talking, right. It's like every once in a while you reconnect and it's like, no time has gone by completely. And it's just this person that reminds you of who you are as an individual. Um, but then there's something really fun about new friends because it's exciting and it's different and you're, it's fun to go back to learning new things about another Mm -hmm. person. Um, because we're no longer dating. So there's, you're learning new things about your partner, but there are new things within the confines of, of this already existing relationship. Right. Yeah. So meeting a new person and you're like, tell me about your kids. Tell me about what do you do for work? What do you not do for work? How, tell me your birth story. I mean, cause we can all go on birth stories. All right. Yeah. War stories. Oh yes. But it's, it's really fun for me too, to meet somebody from the Midwest having yes. been there. But when we're out here and just like, oh my gosh, yeah. Remember when the state fair was like the big thing that everybody waited right. for you? And it, and it still is um, confessional time now too. It's like, that's why I have to go back home in August every year because I have to go to the Wisconsin state fair. I kind of want to go to the Wisconsin I, state fair. Yeah. Everything. Is fried. it amazing? Yeah. Ooh, fried. Animals and the pig races. I'm, we're trying to teach Penny to love the piggy races. They race for the Oreo cookie. Ooh, yeah, I can get down with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just call it that I got fat, not because of fried food, but because of love, love. It was all, it was all for love. It was all for love. 
Um, yeah. it, and we were talking about how it's just interesting that when you bond over somebody and you have this new friendship and how it can be this deep affection that you have for this other person, but it's different than the romantic aspect of it and how that kind of can seem weird to have this large connection with somebody that is not a romantic connection, if that makes any sense. But I do have a lot of very great friends that I am deeply bonded to and where our lives are connected and um like uh, my friend today is watching Lincoln because Kyle is far away and it's just this awesome she gave up a meeting with her mentor because she saw the need for for me to have somebody to watch our son and so she gave up what she sacrificed something of herself to to be able to give me an opportunity to come here and record with Becky and it is yeah that's and you know you had said this before that we don't and then the boys have also mentioned this that the word love in our culture or in our English language. language is just so limited, right? Very much so. Very limited. I mean, it's like we have one word, love, right? Right. And it's not the same as saying you like something because that has a different meaning. And then there, there's these other words we could use like affection or friendship or kinship, but we just don't talk that way, right? right. Like even though those words are available to us, we just don't talk that way, right? I have a deep kinship for you, I Becky. have a deep kinship. We have we have a deep, deep affectionate regard for one another. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a Jane Austen novel or something, right? I was just going to say. Uh... You know, but, it, but then it's like, yeah, all of a sudden you're weird. And then so all of a sudden we just have this one word love and we say, I love my husband. I love pizza. I love mm. my kids. I love my dog. I love my friends. I love going and doing this activity. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like it almost doesn't have a meaning at all then because it's totally. just too, you know, spread out that way. But so I've been learning a lot about um, my my personality. And uh, if anybody's ever taken the Meyer Briggs, I am an ENFP. Ooh. Um, I am an extrovert with lots of feelings. <laughs> and oh, you wear your heart on your sleeve? Oh, completely. Yeah. If you couldn't tell that already. I do. Um, but something I, I looked up this thing was struggles that only ENFPs can understand. And one of them was trying to explain to the people closest to you that, yes, you love pretty much everyone, but you love them the most. And that's so hard when that word is so limiting. It's like, I do genuinely love almost everyone. Um, <laughs> Kyle's rubbed off on me a little bit. Um, but then there's people, key people in your life that I love them more than most people. And how do you explain that when you're like, no, but really like, I know I get along with everybody and I know I think everyone's really fun. Um, but I like spending time with you more. I want to spend more time with you. I want to, when I leave conversations with, um, with some people or certain friends or couple friends or whatever, you leave this conversation and you're like, Oh, I just wish there was more. There's never enough time. I could just talk to this person forever. Forever. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's fun. But it's also a gift that you have too, that you can be with so many people and they can feel like they're your favorite. That's very true. Do you I've know? got you all fooled. <laughs> Oh, and to to clarify, every time I'm talking to you, the I the podcast listeners, I look at the mic like I'm actually talking to you because I like to look at people's eyes when I talk to them. So, so she's like making eyes at the microphone. Next time I'll put like googly, eyes, googly on eyes on the, on the microphone. Top. And if you could only, if there, thank God there's no recording, like physical recording of this because it would just be embarrassing. Um, so we kind of covered romantic love. We talked about friendship type of love. And speaking and of there not being video cameras here, like, don't you just feel like a hot mess half the time anyway? Oh my goodness. Which kind of, um, <laughs> have, nice you seen, have you seen that buzz video, Kim? Yes. The buzzfeed video that's going around Facebook right now that talks about the different kinds of moms. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, um, <laughs> related to that <laughs> more than I probably should admit right now. Speaking of bonds. Yeah. Right. 
Well, that's kind of the thing. Like, you you find the mom that you fit in with the best that doesn't judge you. Let's start there. Let's start there, right? Um, but the this BuzzFeed video, it's going around Facebook. It's hilarious. It's called, Here Are the Different Types of Moms You Meet. And so there's the PTA mom, the parenting expert, the crunchy mom, the hipster mom, and, and the, the hot, hot mess, mess mama. <laughs> and Becky and I are... I, I think I think let's be let's be real like we all feel like the hot mess mama I no mean, I'm pretty sure I actually am oh you think you really are yeah I think that I think I am always late and I'm probably wearing wrinkly clothes that I pulled out of clean but they were in the dryer probably like four or five days before you pulled and them out and rewashed like 12 times yeah um but I don't I don't think you're the hot mess mom well, I mean, you arrived at my house and I was like, yeah, come in the backyard. I'm hanging up cloth diapers. <laughs> so you got a little bit of that crunchy, crunchy in there. going on. Crunchy. Yeah. You, I love that about you because I know I can ask you a bunch of stuff. That's like, Becky, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're like, well, there's this nitrate free hot dogs that you can do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Is that the right word? Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, there's no nitrates in them. Yes, it's true. And I, I do, I do clean everything in my house with baking soda and vinegar, but you know, it's funny. I, I think it's hard for me to relate to the crunchy mom because mm-hmm. I don't do it to be crunchy. I do it because it's just so much cheaper. <laughs> so you're the crunchy frugal mom. <laughs> I love it oh. because I refuse to like spend four dollars on a cleaner when I can buy my Costco bag, Big Bertha bag of baking soda mm-hmm. and vinegar for like you know five and then or your six house doesn't bucks. Smell like bleach. It, yeah, that too. So motherhood, yes. Motherhood. So that we kind of fall into um agape love, an agape love, an unconditional type of love. <laughs> Great transition. Thank you. <laughs> You started it. I did. I did start it. So it's this idea of this unconditional love of laying one's life down, a self-sacrifice, putting somebody else's needs before yours, which I think is always the goal. And I think being that that's unselfish. Yeah. Um, I um, back in my MySpace days, you were able to put a bio of things. And I always had this line in there when I was taking my psychology classes this we were learning about the different love styles and agape was one that really just stuck out to me in the ideal idea of unconditional love and how that truly is the ultimate goal like we're all trying to be unconditional um giving of unconditional love but the line for myself that i've kind of found that rang really true to me is i strive to be an agape lover who always comes up short and not intentionally and that's not something that i'm necessarily like a proud thing of but you know we're all selfish no never no never i try to work really hard to to look at my husband, look at my son, look at family and friends and try to love unconditionally. But the world gets in the way. My my own um, stressors, my own insecurities get in the way of all of those things. But I think the closest that I can ever say that I truly felt to unconditional love would be like a mother to a child. To your children, yeah. Something that I never understood as my mom. This is such a simple example of just the giving of yourself that you do as a mother. But my mom would always give us her food. We didn't like what we ordered because we were oh, like when you like when you would go out. Yeah. Okay. We were yeah. Being bratty. I don't like this chicken finger, which had I known how many chicken feeder, fingers I could have consumed without gaining any weight, I would have eaten more chicken Two fingers as a child, <laughs> especially the dinosaur shaped ones. But that's a different podcast for a different day. But my mom would just give us her food. She would say, oh, that's fine. You can have this, which means sometimes she wouldn't eat. And I, as I got older, was like, I would absolutely never do that. I like my food. I'm sorry, said child, that you ordered the wrong thing, but I am not giving you my food because that is my food. I'm not sharing my drink with you because you have probably have floaters in it. Like, I'm out. And I can't tell you how often I have a small person sitting on my lap, eating my food, drinking my drink, and I don't even think twice about it. The only time I really think about it is thinking, oh, remember when I said I would never do this? Yeah. Remember when I was like becoming a mom, I looked at my mom as like, a, you just gave us your food. You didn't even care. Like, and it, it's, 
And it, that's such a small, small thing. An example, but it's, but it's huge, right? Yeah. Because that just really kind of permeates your whole life once you mm-hmm. become a parent in that way. I mean. And, and I have to preface this with, I unconditionally love him. You laying down your life, self-sacrificing, but that doesn't always mean I like him. Oh yeah. <laughs> because sometimes he just, he's two and a half. Demanding. Oh, I don't, I don't have kids that are demanding. No, never. Yours are no, angels, right? Whatever. But that they're lovely. Right. You but. love them. And I love him and I absolutely love him with every fiber of my being. But there's just some days that, um, I don't necessarily like his attitude and I, I'm counting the minutes before nap time comes or bedtime comes, but that does not mean that I, I love him any less. Oh no. And I think that that's the only thing that I feel like I can equate to an agape type of love right now. Yeah. That unconditional, definitely just, I think I said it before, just the the things you wouldn't do. I mean, Mm. your the list of things you wouldn't do is so much shorter than what you would do. Right. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just think of all the times, I mean, my, my oldest has a hard time falling asleep most of the time, and I just can't even begin to list you the things we do to help her fall asleep. And oh I just gosh, think, yeah. pre-kids, you just think, I'm never doing that. I'm never letting any little kid, like, take that much. They're never going to dictate over my, my life. life. <laughs> They're never going to, like, dictate, you know. I have found myself saying, you don't get to tell me how this day is going to go. You don't get to rule. You are not in charge here two and a half year old and 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 they're not i think i think you need to create boundaries but let's be real (laughs) oh no it totally goes the way he wants it to go because yeah and it's not even just because i love him it's because i I know my role in this and some some battles are just not worth it um but i think that can be said across everything that's more than just children hence why your mom probably just you know gave me your food boom boom blew my mind (laughs) we would know what to do with that right now so is it possible to define love possible or impossible i don't know i think that it's um there i don't think there's a solid definition of what love is because i think that it's different for every person every relationship everything but i think that um i think you could define it or describe it as even if you just simply put it a deep affection for another person which is what when you google it in the dictionary it says because Google's the authority on all matters. Oh, read it. Go ahead, read it. Intense, intense feelings of deep affection or fondness, tenderness, or warmth. Or you can use it as a verb. Intense a feel, feelings. A feeling of deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. And I think that's I think that's a true statement. But I think yeah. that that doesn't sum up the um, complexity of what love is. Love is, yeah, absolutely. So possible, I just I think of love really hard. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, go with Jesse Human on most things and just say it's impossible because that's what he says for like every podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's impossible, which is probably why you continue to come back every time. Hoping that one day that Jesse will say (laughs) it's going to be possible one of these times. You know, but it's funny. If you were to ask me to define love, I'd say, well, look at what we're doing right now. Right. Here we are, two wives recording a podcast in support of our husband's podcast. And this is not in our comfort zone. Let's be clear. Like, let's just, you know. Yeah, no. Have have you like felt the awkwardness emulating between <laughs> him and I at all? Like, oh goodness, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's funny. If, I think if somebody were to ask me to define love, I think I might end up telling a story rather than definitely trying to give some like awkward definition that our English language doesn't really have mm-hmm. enough of the right words for. Yeah, I feel like I could show you how I sh- like give love or receive love more than I could define it yeah. specifically. So. Possible, impossible. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I don't do this podcast every week. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. 
the boys are going to be back next yes, week. Yes, they will be back next week. So if you um, want to send them messages about how much you loved hearing their wives oh, because talk, it was so great, you can uh, jump on their website. It is impossiblethingspodcast.com. I mean, I guess you could send them some hate mail too, but... It might hurt our feelings. Just so don't put don't. our names on it. Yeah. Um, what is that silly joke from the Jungle Cruise? If you liked it, our names are Kim and Becky. And if you didn't, it's Sarah and Amy. Or just something else. Or any other name it's, you want to make up. If you didn't like it, it's Kyle and Jesse. Right. <laughs> Sidebar, my fake name is always Sarah when I go out. Sarah with an H if I don't want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> Those are my dating years. <laughs> so anyway, check out the boys on um, Instagram. They're name is imp things podcast it's i-m-p-t-h-n-g podcast you can find them on instagram and twitter um we are thankful you guys let us into your homes today and we are so grateful that you let our husbands into your homes or cars or workouts or whatever you seem to be doing while you're listening we Um, really do appreciate that you listen to our husbands thank you they love sharing their thoughts and ideas and their research with you guys so keep engaging with them on all these uh platforms because they they love your feedback and they love getting together and just talking. So uh, as wives, we appreciate what you do for our Absolutely. husbands. Yeah. And um, we thank you again for listening. And yeah, see you next month. I think there's a fifth fifth Monday in March, too. We'll see in- if they ask us back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions, corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. ImpossibleThingsPodcast.com for all things impossible.